Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. It's just great to be here at Highlands. I've got so much whirling around in my heart for tonight and so much stuff. And I really want to honour your time and honour the time of this church. Thank you to Pastor Ken and Moira. That was your cue to give them a clap. Uh, I don't believe in putting leaders on pedestals. Yeah, I don't believe in putting them down the dumps either. Uh, I just think you want to be grateful to God for the leaders you have, because if you're not, He might send you someone worse. Uh, So thank God for Pastor Ken and Moira and just for their great passion. Uh, The thing I love about them is they're totally up for it, totally into it. They're there for it. Great to meet Doug and Beck, uh, his wife as well. They're just a great young couple. Isn't it great to see young leaders? And then young leaders like, you know, Sona and Alec. Yeah, because I reckon Abraham never got called by God till he was 75. Moses got called by God at the age of 80. So I reckon there's a bit more for you to go yet, brother. Don't give up too quick. That's for sure. That's for sure. Why don't you turn to your neighbour and say, I think you are amazing. And then we'll start. Who here, nobody said it to you? Anybody here, no one said it to you? They didn't like the look of you? Uh, everybody got it? That's cool. Akol? Akol? I got that right, yeah. Did someone say it to you? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think you're amazing. Very good. Let's go to Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. I really don't feel so much tonight like I want to give you a sermon. I don't think I'm a, a preacher, a professional preacher. I think I'm a delivery man. And I think the privilege you get to be in church. I don't know about you, I never wanted to go to church to get more data. I don't need another session of information. What I really need from God every time I come and I get it. I thank God for the worship team. Can we just thank them, by the way? Uh, Again, this is is not just a a clap-happy church, though that's not a bad way to be either. Uh, But I thank God for the worship team because I cannot remember how many times I've come to church and it wasn't the great preaching that touched me, but it was the presence of God because these people were not just talented. Thank God for talent. But you know, I've been to a lot of concerts and seen a lot of talent and felt no anointing of the Holy Spirit, no profound thing of God. And uh, so I love the fact that you get this wonderful thing. And if you are new here tonight to Highlands, I want you to know that whilst we are a church and we do a lot of church things, we have offerings and we have announcements and we have coffee in the foyer and we have pastoral care and we do all that stuff. But that's not the main things that this church is about. The main things this church is about is how do we create a space for God to be everything God wants to be? You know, Jesus was unique. Why? Because for the first time ever in history, someone turned up and profoundly, completely and utterly did the will of God. I think it was D.L. Moody who stood at the back of an auditorium and a congregation and heard the preacher say that the world is yet to see what God can do through someone who is totally and utterly surrendered to Him. And this young D.L. Moody, a young man, stood at the back of that congregation and he said to himself, by the grace of God, I will be that man. 
And I still feel with all my heart that the best days of the church aren't over, that God is wanting to do amazing and incredible things. A few years ago, I was in Bristol. I stood in Wesley's chapel there. I stood behind the pulpit, uh, a building smaller than this. A thousand people were jammed in to hear this preacher. But the local shipping people had sent along a crowd of ruffians to disrupt the service because Wesley was so vocal against slavery. And together with people like Wilberforce, a whole lot of others that came along, uh, just there was a monumental change happening in society. And a thousand people were crammed in and the, these ruffians, hundreds of them were so vocal that literally Wesley could not speak for an hour. And for an hour, he stood, it tells you, he stood behind the pulpit and waited for the crowd, waited for the Holy Spirit until eventually, I don't know what, how they never just stormed the front and took him out, but they never, maybe they were prevented. Maybe the angels did it, I don't know. But this man stood there and uh, eventually delivered this incredible message to these people. And so I look at where we are and I go, God, there's never been a time like there is in this time right now where Australia, where our world needs Christians that say, I want to carry more than information. I want to carry more than just a church membership badge or a, a history, a resume of spiritual life. I don't want to just be able to say, well, this many years ago I got baptised and this many years ago I came to Christ and then I did this course, then I did that one. God is not looking for people with a great resume. God is looking for people that have got an ongoing passion and hunger for something greater in God. And I remember what it was like to be a 19-year-old young man going into what was then Christian Outreach Centre in Trafalgar Street in Woolloongabba in a building very, very small. I remember that they uh, built a balcony that stood on one four-inch steel post. And when all the people in the balcony danced, you could see the post bend. Uh, and I remember thinking, please don't any... Uh, only skinny people in the balcony, please. And uh, I remember I was a young salvo boy and uh, playing in the band. And uh, I used to, our service didn't go very long. So as soon as it finished, I'd jump in the car. I'd take my tie off and all the rest of that, drive across town to catch the last 20 minutes of this service. And just to get there, I missed the preaching, but I'd get enough of it that my life could grow and begin to change. And uh, I, I just wanna challenge you tonight. This is not my preaching. This is me just speaking to you as one leader who's got some, uh, I guess, experience or viewpoint. And I just believe that God wants to do more. Sona, come on down there. You've been right up the back. They've been waiting for you to turn up. Thank you for coming. Give, uh, this is Sona. What a champion this woman is. I only met her the other day. She's just one of the nicest people God ever put on the earth. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not as nice as her, not by any means. She's nice all the way through. She just doesn't seem to have a bad streak in her whole life. And you just, and you know, I don't know how Alec managed to get her, but you know, obviously God smote her blind for a moment and she said yes to you. I don't know, but you know, I really felt earlier on, because I, I don't know you at really, I met you yesterday, I think or Friday and, uh, you know, but I feel like, you know, the enemy's trying to get your attention on to the end of the race. He's trying to tell you, look, you're getting older and, you know, you really got to start thinking about that and, and really wants you to lift your eyes off what you're about. And I think that kind of thinking has just been working away in you a lot more than it ever has. And you're starting to think about it and you're starting to really, the problem isn't that you're preparing. The problem is you start thinking, maybe what I'm doing now, I'm not doing as well. 
And uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to say to you both, you know, that He's got uh, a place of refreshing for you and that there's more years to come. It's not a time to think about where do I hang my hat up? It's a time to start thinking, I better get my work boots on. I better get ready for even more. So I pray that'll encourage you in your life in Jesus' name. Pastor Doug, I met you on Friday again, first time, never known you before at all. And you know, you're a, you're a deep thinking guy. Uh, you're not a, a, a quick mover. I felt the Lord say to me, you know, uh, here's another Jacob. Not because you're a Jacob who was a cheat like he was, but because you're a Jacob who wrestles with God. And I, wanna, I feel to say to you tonight, I've never said this, I've never heard of it, never thought of it before, but you know, questioning is not the same as doubting. And you question and you think about stuff and you don't just take the quick answers, the cliches that people sometimes give and sometimes give in the church. And sometimes even leaders will give and just tell you, well, just you know, do this. And you go, yeah, but why? But why? And there's this drive inside of you to go, you know, Jacob was famous in the Bible because of his past, but he was more famous with God because he said, there's gotta be more than what I have. And I feel like that's Doug Cameron. There's gotta be more than what I have. There's gotta be more. And people tell you all these reasons why you can't have it now. And I feel again like God is gonna take you on that journey that Jacob went on. He wrestled all night. So I reckon you're gonna wrestle a bit, brother. And, and when you do, don't chuck away all your questions. Don't feel guilty or think you are missed the will of God. Because sometimes when you're a questioning person, you look at other people who are so simple in their faith and go, I wish I was like that. I wish I just had it all figured out. But uh, I don't think that's who you are. Anyhow, let's go to Mark's Gospel, chapter four, verse 30. Jesus is speaking. He said to the disciples, to what then shall we liken the Kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It's like a mustard seed, which is when it's sown on the ground, smaller than all the seeds on the earth. But when it's sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Whenever you read in the Scripture, Jesus saying the Kingdom of Heaven is like, it's not just a picture, but it's a principle of how God and the Kingdom work. See, the Kingdom of Heaven is not a place like Toowoomba is. Kingdom of Heaven is not when I die, I go to the Kingdom of Heaven. The Kingdom of Heaven is everywhere where the rulership of the King is and where His people are found. See, Toowoomba's got boundaries. When I leave tonight and drive out of Toowoomba, I will cross a boundary where it's now not Toowoomba. It will be a place other than Toowoomba. I know you know that, it's a deep truth, write that down. Uh, but the Kingdom of Heaven's like, not, not like that. It doesn't matter where I go or anywhere in the entire world, that I'm always in the Kingdom of God because the Kingdom of God is everywhere where the King is and where His subjects are. And as long as I'm one of His subjects, it doesn't matter where I am. The King is there. And if the King is there, Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, He said, there I am. The Kingdom influence is there in that place. And so this principle then that I'm gonna give you tonight is so simple that lots of you are gonna go, I've heard it before. I go, great. Then why don't you hear it and begin to enact it in your life this week? Why don't you do more than just go, yeah, I know that. See, our problem is not that we don't know enough. It's that we know too much in the wrong format. We know too much as in data. We're the most educated people that have ever been on the planet. There's no area of science that is not going ahead in leaps and bounds. There are more discoveries made every single day. 
that across the, all the realms of science and people are discovering all this stuff. Our problem is we don't have it in the right format. Our problem is that we know it as data. We don't know it as an experience. And so many people know the Holy Spirit as a, as a doctrine, but they don't know Him as a person. So many people know Jesus as a doctrine, but they don't know Him as a person. And so when we start talking about the Kingdom of Heaven is like this, we're really saying this is the way it works. And so if I want to work in the Kingdom, I've got to get this principle working so the Kingdom works. Does that make sense? And verse 31 tells us the principle. It says the Kingdom of Heaven is like a mustard seed. Now I've got some here. This is a mustard seed. I'm going to hold it up and none of you are going to be able to see it. There it is in my finger. It's that tiny. And Jesus said, the Kingdom of Heaven's like that. And you go, but that's not enough. That's far too small. And that's the entire point that Jesus is making about it, that God's answer for almost everything in human life and existence and in spiritual life comes down to this question, do you have a seed? What seed will you sow? Every farmer, I'm sure there's some here, every farmer knows this, that all the farm in the silo doesn't produce the crop. The farmer's got to take the seed out of the silo and he's got to plant it. And if you, oh, I'm back in Queensland, I can say plant. West Australia, I say plant and they go, well, you're from Queensland, aren't you? I go, yeah, right. Uh, so I don't have to say plant anymore or castle. Okay, forget about it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. In Mark's Gospel, chapter six, there's 5,000 people besides women and children. And they're all hungry because they've been there all day listening to Jesus transfixed. They don't even have time or think about going to eat. And so the, the disciples come and they say, Jesus, send them away so they can go to, to, you know, to Kentucky Fried on the way home or Macca's or wherever and get something to eat. And Jesus turns around and says, you give them something to eat. Don't you love the way that God, when you go and tell Him about a problem, He says, what are you gonna do about it? And I go, but hello, you're the Lord and I'm not. I thought you're the answer. Isn't the way this works? I pray and you fix it. And he goes, no, this is the way I work. You pray, I tell you to fix it. And we go, no, I don't like that idea. God, I want you to transform Australia while I'm asleep. We used to go on youth um, evangelism tours and we had a guy, Vincent Bonici was his name, a Maltese young man. And Vincent Bonici, I'd never met a human who slept as much as Vincent Bonici. And I said to him one day, Vincent, how come you sleep so much? And he said to me, oh brother, that's my Maltese accent. Uh, he says, oh. <laughs> any Maltese here? No Maltesers? Oh good, so it won't matter. Uh, he said, oh brother, he said, when I am sleeping, my spirit is praying. And I said, Vincent, the amount you sleep, we should have had a revival by now. Because we want Jesus to do it while we're asleep, don't we? We want Him to win our neighbour to Christ. We want Him to talk to that, that, uh, that work colleague. We want Him to do something about the mess that's across our nations of the planet. Jesus says, what do you have? What have you got? And they go, well, we've only got five loaves and two fish. But what are they? They're not enough. In John's Gospel, isn't it? Chapter two, verse one, Jesus and His disciples go to a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And Mary comes to Jesus and says, they've run out of wine. And He says, what is that to do with me? She, he said, my time hasn't come yet. She just turns to the, to the people around about and says, whatever He tells you, do it. That's the best advice you'll ever get from Mary. Uh, right now, right there, listen to Mary. 
Amen. Listen to Mary. She said, whatever He says, do it. And so He says to the attendants there, He saw these big pots of water that, uh, pots rather that held, I think it's 80 gallons. And He said, fill them up with water. And these guys go and they get a bucket and they start filling it up. And you know what they're thinking the whole time they're doing it. Like, hello, we finally found the nutter in our midst. He, he obviously has lost it. I'm, I'm picking water. I'm getting it out of the well. It's water. I pour it in. It looks like water, smells like water. Yep, it's even got some wrigglers in it like water does. And I'm pouring it into the pot. I'm looking into the pot. It's still water in there. But He said, he said fill it up. He never said, put a drip in, put a drop in. He said, fill it up. So he goes back and he gets another bucket and it looks like water and it smells like water. Yep, tastes like water. And he pours it and he goes, you've got to be joking. This is never going to work. It's looking, but he said, fill up the pot. So he goes, this is a bit like you in prayer. This isn't it. This is a bit like us when we come to a prayer meeting and we, and I know you've got prayer meetings every Tuesday. We come to a prayer meeting, we go home, we go, but nothing's shifted yet. But that's because He said you got to fill the pot. He never said wet the pot. He never said try and get the pot to look a little bit wet. He never said give me a little tiny bit. He said fill the pot. And I don't know how big the pot is for Australia, but I'm guessing it's a bit more than one Tuesday night a year. Amen. We, we, we want Jesus to do it with a thimble. He says fill the pots. So they go and they get the bucket and they pour more in, they pour more. You know the way the story goes. Then when they get the pots full, nothing, listen to me, nothing happens until the pot's full. Nothing's gonna happen until we fill the pot. Nothing's gonna happen. Some of us, we've been praying for our family for how long? And we're a bit tired, you know, because we've been dipping that bucket in every day. And we've been saying, oh God, I'm filling the pot. And we say, God, I, I put 10 buckets in. Isn't that enough? I fasted for them, Lord. God, I, I, I've been praying for them consistently. He goes, fill the pot. Because there was no miracle until the pot got full. When the pot got full, He said, now draw out the water and take it to the head of the feast. And they took it to the head of the feast. And He remarks and says, this is the best wine of the entire celebration. Why? Because somebody filled the pot when it looked ridiculous. Somebody filled the pot when it looked like a waste of time. Here's a couple of things I know about seeds. Number one is this, your seed never looks enough. No matter what it is, whether it's your giving, it never looks enough. It never looks enough. When we started Transform Cambodia, uh, the guy in our church who leads that, who started that off, you know, we took 100 children off the Stung Ming Chai rubbish dump. But what are 100 kids when the, it's the fifth poorest country in the world. What's a hundred kids? You know, what is that? It's just a couple, it's just a few. Why, what is 46 more kids sponsored through compassion? You've got 341 now, but do you know how many children there are in poverty around the world? There's not one million and not two or 10. We are talking about pots that so need filling. We are talking about pots that it's not gonna be just one or two. I commend, I love being with Christians who know how to fill the pot. Amen, I love being with Christians who don't just go, I've got it wet, that's enough. God, I'm sitting back, I've done my bit. You know, I put a bit of effort into this, Lord. I got the pot wet and now it's all up to You because Your seed never looks enough, ever. 
Five loaves and two fish are obviously not enough. All the water you got's not enough. Proverbs 18 says, whoever would, verse 24, whoever would have friends must show himself friendly. I'm amazed how many people talk themselves out of solving the problems in their families. I've sat with people and I say, why don't you write, I talked to a woman the other day. I said, write a letter, tell them. Her daughter won't talk to her. She goes, what do I do? I said, I'll tell you what you do. You write her a card if you can't make a letter. And you write there and you say, I'm sorry, I have failed you at times, but it's not my heart. I love you. It's her daughter, adult daughter. And, and I, so many people I've said that to and they go, oh, but it wouldn't work. Oh, they wouldn't listen. And they took themselves out of the harvest that could come out of their seed. You know what I mean? Well, it wouldn't work. Oh, they wouldn't listen. Well, what would be the point of that? That'd be stupid. I'm not going to do that. I've told people who have been chronically unemployed, go and volunteer in our community arm and feed the poor. Oh, mate, that wouldn't work. I go, yeah, because if you go and do God's work, the devil will hate you so much, he'll give you a job just to get you out of there. Huh? I know this much too. I'm just going quick here. But seed is always got to be sown before harvest comes. Huh? I'm in farming country. Hello. I know that. Duh. But isn't that right? Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given. Not when I win lotto. Because I've got people in my church that say to me, Pastor, when I win lotto, I'm going to buy our church a new building. And I look at them and I go, well, I pray you win. But tell me what you're giving now. Huh? Because they're gunner Christians. You know, they're in the gunnery department. <laughs> yeah, mm, I'm going to do that one day. Yep, oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to go to the prayer meeting. One day I'm gonna read my Bible. I'm gonna. And God's up there going, hello. You, you got to plant the thing, haven't you? Isn't that the way it works? Seeds always planted. Thank God Ecclesiastes 11 verse four says this. It's not up on the screen. That's all right. It says, don't, basically it says, don't wait until you feel before you sow. You know, the farmer doesn't go, mmm, mmm. Darling, I feel the vibrations of the cosmos are right. Mm, mm. She gets up and she says, Darling, do you feel like planting the paddock today? I mm. know oh, I don't feel like it. How many Christians do you know go, mm. I didn't feel like coming to church today, Pastor? I'm not sure. I, I say to people, you know, if I only ever went to church when I felt like it, there wouldn't be a lot of preaching going on. <laughs> Am I being too honest? The truth is, sometimes I just feel tired or whatever. Hello? Amen. Come on. Look, come on. It's all right. I'm not having a crack at you. Huh? Some of you are looking like. Some of you are wishing you'd stayed home to watch. I don't even know what's on. I wouldn't have a clue, but something. Seed produces the same kind, you know that. I'm a good person, well, I'd say, so what? No farmer ever planted wheat and got surprised that he never got watermelons. <laughs> Some people just plant good intentions. 
and they wonder why there's no harvest in their life. Huh? Amen? Come on. Proverbs 18, 24, He that would have friends must show himself friendly. Some people go around, they're the grumpiest people on the planet. And like I have said, I had one bloke say to me one day, he goes, you know, I came to your church and no one even talked to me. I said, really? I said, well, I guess you never talked to anyone either. And he went, oh. I said, no wonder no one talks to you because you look like you're an axe murderer. <laughs> See, I have the gift of counselling and encouragement <laughs> in my life. I better hurry up because this clock is wrong. Pastor Ken, no one told me what time tonight finished. They said, go all night. <laughs> they said, we want you to preach like Paul did. He preached all night. And Eutychus fell out of the balcony. So if there's somebody called Eutychus and you could go up there, that'd be nice. I'm gonna stop. I, yeah, this is like, this is where I make Ken a liar. He said, what a good preacher I am. I go, yeah, well, it shouldn't have said that. What area do you want harvesting in your life? Seriously. Would you plant a small seed? Come on, some of you here, you go, well, yeah, but what I did wouldn't be enough. But maybe that's all God needs from you is a seed to start. Maybe what He's looking for is that you and I will do our little bit. Here's the last thing I want to say is this. That sowing your seeds never stops. You can't say, you know what, now I'm however old I am. I've done my bit. You know, I've done all that. Yeah, time for the younger people to sacrifice. I'm a grandfather. I'm still looking up. I'm mowing their lawn some days. And you know what? It's not even a problem. I think it's a joy to be involved with your grandkids' life. I sat there last week with my second youngest grandchild who when she was born had a problem with her hips and I used to sing to her all the time. My name is Sloan, my hips are strong, my legs are whole, I'm healthy. I'd sing it to her a thousand times, thousand, ten thousand. So now when she's two and she doesn't have that problem anymore, now she doesn't have the problem anymore. But you know, when I sit there now and I start singing the tune, she lights up because she remembers. And you go, but what would that do? Are you with me? Your seed matters. The last thing I'm going to say, because I'm a bit like a pilot, really. I say I'm landing, but I'm going to circle a while first. <laughs> See, I think this, I think that every Christian has not only got a seed to sow, I think they are the seed God wants to sow. See, I can't go where you go and you can't go where I go. Thank God for you. Thank God that you go to your workplace and you go, I'm the seed in this place. Thank God that you go to that neighbourhood and you go, I'm the seed in that place. Matthew 5 verse 16, isn't it? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your Good works. He didn't say amazing works. He just said good ones. Some of us go, you know, my neighbour would get saved if Pastor Ken would come on the back of the truck with the worship team. If we could have Anna up, Anna, up there on the keys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah. 
Pastor Ken will now come and bring the word to my street. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Oh, I just need Pastor Ken to come to my home. I just need Pastor Ken to take away our pain. If he'd come with Pastor Doug, that would be better still. But if not, just Pastor Ken will do. Request later. <laughs> I'll pay you to shut up. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Look, I know this is not, the, this is not a, a lesson in homiletics, whatever that even is. But I'm praying tonight that something inside of you, this, I'm praying something inside of you goes, oh, I wish that was me. Oh God, I want you to use me. God, I want to be a seed in my neighbourhood. Amen. Let them see your good works. Not because you blast out, you know, the latest worship album at three in the morning. You know, full blast. You know, because your car and you go down the road, doof, 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 but it's, you know, it's elevation music or I don't know, City Point. But just go and do some good works. Amen. They tell me when she comes up, it's a sign I'm supposed to stop, not sing with her. What a good woman you are, Anna. God bless you. Thank you for coming from Spain. Huh? Beautiful. We love having you here. Thank you for bringing your gift and your talent. I, I'm serious because I just go, what a wonderful thing it is. You know, when people, you can tell when people just, like I love watching our worship team worship, not play. You know what I mean? Because there's a big, a big difference, not a gig. You know? It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Father, we pray for Anna tonight. We pray, God, you'll give her songs that'll come out of this church. Lord, stir up. Anna, there's a, a gift of creativity inside of you that you've thought about and you've, you've looked at other people and thought, oh, but look, no, they're, they're really good and oh, I'm not as good as them. Like I, you know, and I don't mean that as though you put yourself down. I just think you have not really dug into the depths of your creativity. And I believe God wants to stir that up inside of you. Let Him bring you a song in your heart to bless others. God's not asking you for the next shout to the Lord. There's only one of them. Maybe He's just asking for you to give the next song something from your heart in Jesus' Name. Father, stir it up in it, we pray in Jesus' Name. This is what I want to do tonight. In a minute, I want to pray with anybody here who says, Jeff, I don't know Jesus. Or Jeff, I'm not walking with Jesus. Because really, take all the principles we've talked about and they don't matter one bit if you don't have Jesus walk with you. Jesus with you. It is the greatest thing ever on earth. Your life is short. It really is. Nowhere near as long as any of us perhaps would like it to be. But you can have an eternity with Jesus. You can make certain of that. We don't talk about eternity much, but it's real. You are born. I listened to a man the other day who was a world famous psychologist. He said, but I believe there's something on the other side. I just don't know what it is. 
And I think about that and I think, it's wired in us, isn't it? We're made to go, this cannot be all there is. Well, that's why Jesus came, so you could enter into eternity with Him. So I wanna pray with you before we invite others of you to come and do something special tonight. Can we just bow our heads a minute? Eyes are closed, heads are bowed. I remember being you, sitting in a service saying, Jesus, I, I, I want to know you. I wanna start a journey with you. And I thank God that in that moment, I gave Jesus my yes. It was the beginning of the greatest thing ever, the transformation of my life. Maybe that's you tonight. You just wanna say, Jesus, I'm gonna give you my yes. If that's you tonight, wherever you are, you wanna just give Jesus your yes, would you just slip your hand up so I can see it? Put it back down again. I'm gonna pray with you right where you are. I'm not here to embarrass people. I'm here to help them. And I'd love the privilege of praying with you wherever you are. Thank you over there. I can see your hand, yeah. Anybody else just wherever you are? Thank you over there, yeah. Just lift it up so we can see it. Allow God to touch your life in Jesus' Name. Is there anybody else? Then can we pray this prayer? Maybe we can all pray it for that with those people. Would you say this after me, Lord Jesus? Thank You for dying for me. I'm opening my heart to You. I want You to come into my life. Thank You, Jesus. Help me to live for You. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.